our happiness is worth more than money. And that sometimes like, you know, however much money we have in the world or accolades or success, however that is traditionally found is good. But if you're drowning, which is what I was like, if you can't feel yourself anymore, if you can't feel your heart tick and don't know where you're connected to, then what is the point? And I would just really encourage you to consider that and think about how you can make yourself light up again. Today, you are in for a treat. We are joined by special guest, Anna Cameron Bossy. She's a mama, a wellness coach, a woman on a mission, really looking to inspire as many people to live their best life and not wait till tragedy happens for that to be the wake up call. So let's jump in. Hey everyone, I am so excited to be introducing to you just one of the most beautiful rays of sunshine that I've had the pleasure of knowing. Um, Today we are joined by special guest Anna Cameron Bossy and she's been a part of the Empower Women's Project. We're just coming up to our three-year anniversary, which is so special. Um, Anna is a traveler. She's a super mama of two gorgeous little girls. She's a teacher. Um, She's a nutrition coach. And one of the things that I love most is just seeing her step up into leadership and showing women really how to live an empowered life. So Anna, I'm so excited to have you on. Thanks for joining us. Uh, Thanks for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Now, as we can hear from the accent, it doesn't sound like you're from around here. (laughs) (laughs) I am. (laughs) No, from Canada originally. So born on Vancouver Island in Victoria and have been in Australia for 16 years now. Well, coming up to 16 years, which is crazy. Amazing. It doesn't lose my voice. No, I love it. I love it. Um, So I know today we're going to be talking and really diving into your story and looking at how we use defining moments in our life to really um, use that as a, as a fuel to push us forward or to, to pull us forward into our, our real empowerment in life. So I can't wait to dive into your story, but let's kind of backtrack a little bit. I'd love you to share, you know, your journey of kind of moving to Australia and how we even got to meet to start with. So let's, let's hear a little bit about your story. Okay, thanks. So it is, I'm excited to talk because I really think, well, people listening, I think it's the right place, but I have more and more become aware of the universe and things that it shows us. So I guess, you know, when I came to Australia, I was never leaving Canada. I was never leaving my mom. I'm very close with her. I, uh, we had a, you know, a really special bond all of our lives. And I remember saying to her, don't worry, I'll never leave because my sister had gone to the East Coast. And so just over 16 years ago, I ended up in Whistler. And I sort of did so because, you know, like you said, I feel like I'm a traveler through and through, like I love a bit of adventure. I had never left home, like I had gone traveling kind of around the world and down the west coast of Canada and the States, but I've never lived away from home. I always lived in Victoria and I needed something fresh. Uh, And I posed to my sister to kind of reel her back to the west coast because my parents were really wanting her home. So she agreed and we went to Whistler and we also went with my boyfriend at the time, which was, I think a little bit of a, way for me to, I don't know, get our relationship on track, bless. Uh, and so we were 
in Whistler and things were going great. Whistler is an amazing town. It's a little bit different. I'm not a huge party girl. I don't snowboard. So I'm like a real contradiction to Whistler in itself. Uh, <laughs> but I was going, you know, to meet new people, work really hard, earn some money and really go traveling. And that was all going great. Except for in the start of 2004, um, I guess I got in a fight with my boyfriend who I will also just say, we went to Whistler together. We got a job in the same place together and we had lived together, but at this point he had moved out and uh, was living in a share house. And so anyways, we had gotten in a fight and um, I called him and get on the phone and there's this guy on the other end who I don't know because it's a share house. And I'm like, oh, is so-and-so home? And he's like, oh no, he's just gone out with his girlfriend. <laughs> like uh-oh <laughs> oh, okay so if anybody has ever been through rocky not so good relationships this was ours and in that second um i had moved obviously we were in this town together working together and my heart sank it was actually i felt like i took a huge breath in and it was like i could hear the glass shatter on the ground like i was like it shook me because i'm like okay so instead of bringing us together. It's done what it's always done. And here we are. And the other thing that was happening at this time uh, was my stepsister, um, and I will probably cry, um, had lost her battle with breast cancer. So it was like this horrific moment where I lost the one person that I loved, who I thought was going to be there with me. I lost my sister, who, you know, was this i idolized her she was just this incredible human that was always like the such vivacious she lived vivaciously she was an artist she traveled like she was just like pure joy and it was like everything got stripped back and i went into a really really horrible place we my sister and i lived in this tiny little apartment in whistler in the basement and it was so cold and so dark. And I remember our TV was like pushed up against a corner and we had a two seater couch that I would like, it was a sofa bed and you could unfold it. And I remember sitting there for days in the dark, calling in sick, like couldn't face what's his name, you know, like couldn't go to work and just couldn't face reality. Cause I'm like, and now my sister, my stepsister's gone. But something happened. I wrote a lot in that time and I realized that no, like Pam would be so pissed off at me right now mm -hmm. for letting this get to me. Like she would just be like, Anna, this is a sure, this is your sign that you need to be living your life and like really not relying on other people for your happiness, which is mm -hmm. what I had really done up until that point, I think. And so somehow I picked myself up and I'm like, okay, so I'm going to just, I remember being like, I am ready for whatever the next thing is. I'm ready for the next step. And so work was not a great place. So I was like, okay, I'm also going to get, I couldn't quit my job because I needed to work, but I was like, I'm going to get another job because you know, that's what you do. You work more, put yourself, I'm just going to keep working because then I can travel more because I'm going to have more money. It's going to be my out. So that was my plan. And that was all going really well. I did one night I was in, so another 
there's a lot of little, these are all my signs that are coming through right now. I so love this because to... I'm already thinking about like, you know, you go back to the challenge or things that happened when we were younger and in that moment, it feels like the worst thing mm-hmm. ever. But then it, there's this bigger divine kind of reason for it. And I, I love, because I can imagine everyone listening right now thinking about their little things along the way too. And and having a Pam in our life being like, girl, you need to, you need to show up. Yeah. And I really like, I rem- I mean, I feel like I still talk, I talk to her all the time, but you know, like it was, it was like, show up and be, be ready. And don't like, Pam was just in her thirties. Like it was such a tragedy. And it was like, you don't know how short this life is. You need yes. to live now, live, live for today, not for what could have been. Yes. Um, and so anyways, I went to work one night at this, it was a bustling uh, pub at the base of Whistler Mountain, one of the busiest, funnest places, crazy places that I never imagined being in. And <laughs> finally, I was getting all these night shifts, which you really don't want when you're living in a snow town. You want apres, you want it when it's busy. And I'm like, oh, I'm getting shafted. All these things are happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyways, I went in one night. It was, you know, really um, slow night at the pub. And um, one of my good friends, Kath, was working with me. And and this group of Aussies come in. And so hilariously, because I live in Australia and I love everything about it. But when you're young and uh, working for tips in Canada, you don't really want the Australians to be in your section. No offense. I don't mean to. I completely understand that. <laughs> what I know is I love this culture. I love that we pay well and that we don't subsidize things. You know, you don't have to subsidize in tips. But at that point, I was subsidizing my life in tips. And because it's not part of our culture here in Australia, Australians are renowned for not tipping well. So I was like, oh, like, okay, I'm going to give them great service because I'm all about service, but I'm also not, I'm kind of writing off tonight. <laughs> Anyways, they sit down, they have some drinks, I'm serving, around, uh, serving some other tables. And at one point, you know, we're chatting and this guy's like, well, would you like a drink? And I'm like, well... Yeah, I guess so. And this is, again, back in the good old days when you were allowed, I say in inverted commas, to drink. But it was seemed socially acceptable. So um, I was like, yeah, let's have a drink. So the next round, I bring their drinks over. I put my vodka soda down on the table and having a chat, have to go off and serve the other tables. And I come back and the, the guy's not there. And I'm like, where's he gone? And his friends are all kind of laughing. And I look down and my drink is no longer the clear vodka soda that I know it to be. It's this debacle of tomato sauce, uh, Worcestershire, salt and pepper. Like, so we had all these condiments and like literally everything is in my drink. Like, it's just this hot mess. I'm like, <laughs> right. Okay, cool. So I kind of walk away just like, I don't know why I was anticipating anything else, but that's fine. Like I'm, I'm good. Guy comes back. He's like, I'm so sorry. My friends are such idiots. Like, let me buy you another drink. Really? I'm really sorry. It's not me. It's them. I'm like, okay. Like we all have silly friends sometimes. Buys me another drink, put it on the table, go to serve some friends, come back. Same thing has happened. My drink is destroyed. And I'm like, mate, which I didn't say mate like that because back in the day, mate was not in my vocabulary. But I'm like, buddy, I don't know where you come from that this is okay. But in my country, when you buy a girl a drink, it's kind of like a nice gesture. And this is not fun at all. And he's like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. 
I'm going to let me buy another drink. I'm like, yeah, you'll buy me two and I'm going to have them out the back. And thanks heaps. Like have a great day. And anyways, at the end of the night, he comes back up and he's like, Hey, I just wanted to say, I'm really sorry again for my friends. My name's Trav and I'm really happy, you know, like I hope to see you again. Anyways, so off he trots. And I really didn't like my friend Kath was like, he was really cute. Anna. I was like, yeah, but they were such jerks, like whatever. Anyway, so um, similarly at this time, I'm at this other tiny little pub and I'm working a day shift and I'm serving this strange French guy. And he's like, I am the chef of this amazing, um, sorry for my French accent, really <laughs> bad. but I used to be like, I am the chef. I'm the chef from this amazing fishing lodge and you, my girl, you're so perfect. You need to be the bartender. You come to my fishing lodge. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, you're some crazy drunk French guy. Like, anyways, we chatted and stuff. And again, in my head, I'm thinking, oh, geez, I've never been to a fishing lodge. I wonder what that would be like. I'm totally about new beginnings. Anyways, he's kind of telling me a little bit about it. It's a four month thing right off the coast, like up the coast of um, Vancouver Island. Well, even further at the Queen Charlotte Islands, kind of off the coast of Alaska. And he's telling me, I'm like, well, it gets me away from here, which is really what I'm looking for right now. And all of a sudden he comes over while I'm serving a table. He's like, take this phone call. And I'm like, I'm serving people. And I get on this call. He's like, you speak to Helen. I'm like, okay. I'm like, hello. And she's like, hi, how are you? Chef tells me you're, you'd be a great, you're, you're a great bartender and that you should be working for us. And I'm like, are you guys for real? Like, is somebody going to abduct me? I don't, am I on candid camera? Like what? I don't understand. And she's like, no, no. Like I'm based in Vancouver. And I'm like, listen, I don't mean to be rude, but I'm literally in the middle of my section serving another table. I can't take this call right now. She's like, do you have time in the next couple of days to come down to Vancouver? Like, this is so weird. Like universe, what are you doing to me? Anyways, I was like, I actually do. I could come down like the day after. And she's like, okay, he's going to give you the address. You come and see me. I'm like, I'm going to like, this is so dodgy, whatever's going on. (laughs) But I was also like, I'm taking whatever's coming my way. I can't like, it just seems too good to be true, but I love that. Mm So two days later, I'm like, got my sister. Cause I'm like, I can't go by myself. Cause if these people abduct me, at least we're together, like come with me. And we ended up on this barge, uh, like in Vancouver. And there's this like fishing lodge that floats up the, the coast when it's time to go. She interviews me. She's like, the job is yours if you want it. I'm like, like it was too easy. I'm mm. like, okay, sure. So it was like, because again, I was like, I am doing whatever feels good to me whenever it feels good to me. And I'm not worrying about what other people are going to say or think, because that's what I've always done. I'm going to just do what is good for me right now. So I took the job and I went back to work. So I was leaving in five weeks to go on the fishing lodge. I had never been fishing in my life. Um, And I went back to work and I was, again, doing a nap ray at um, the Longhorn, which is the big pub at the base of Whistler. And it was probably the next, oh, I hadn't seen Trav for, I would say, six weeks. And so this week, this guy comes into the pub and he's like, hey, Anna, how are you? I'm like... I'm good. And I'm thinking, oh, it's what's his face's friend. I don't know. Snowboarders. Like, who is this guy? Like, I'm like, hey, he's like, 
Trav, my friends destroyed your drink. (laughs) Oh my God, you're the guy. So again, I was like, well, that's just too uncanny. And I feel like we need to hang out. So anyways, we did. And, but I said to him, listen, I'm going away. Like I've made plans. I, cause he's like, stay, stay, stay. I'm like, no, no, no. Cause you're a guy and I'm not staying for any man. Cause I am not letting men run my life. And, um, but he being the beautiful human that he is was like, okay, you go. And then you can come to Australia after. And I'm like, oh, after that, I've decided to go to the Cayman Islands because my friend's there. He's like, well, then I'm coming to the Cayman Islands for Christmas. I'm like, whatever, mate, that's great. Did my season at, in the Charlottes, which is the most incredible. If anybody gets a chance to go work at a fishing lodge, it was one of the f- most fun times in my life. But at the end of it, I was back home in Victoria, kind of getting ready to go to the Caymans. And there was a hurricane and two earthquakes that hit the Cayman Islands. And my girlfriend who was there that I was going to see because we were living the empowered women's life before we knew what that was, had to come home. And so this boy who had kept in contact and kept saying, whatever makes me stronger will make us stronger in the end. I was like, so I guess I'm coming to visit you. I'll come for three months. We'll, I'll go um, surfing up the coast. I'll come visit you and I'll go surfing up the coast. And so on November 7th of 2004, I arrived in Australia, taking, <laughs> just following the signs. And I remember a girlfriend saying, Anna, if you don't go see this guy, you're going to always wonder what might have been. Like, he is too kind and like, you, you will always wonder. And so 16 years on, we're married with two beautiful girls. Like, and it brings me to tears because I think I can't believe that that transpired because it was literally the darkest moments of my days. And I was, I was really off men to then being like some of the best adventures and to find literally the, my soulmate. It's actually incredible. Like I, the universe totally brought me together. Well, I think Pam found us together for sure in the end is what I believe. Absolutely. That's so beautiful. And I think so many of, I know for me, if I look back on life, there was many years that I did live based upon when people, like everyone else's opinions, right? And, oh, if I choose, if I make this decision, how will this affect everyone else around me? Whereas I love that you got to that point and whether, you know, it came from tragedy and, and hurt and, you know, grief of losing Pam, but how, allowing that to be the wake up call that you needed to start looking at what was transpiring in the universe and knowing that it's got your back and, and just trusting and having faith in that. It's beautiful. Yeah. Thanks. I think, well, like, I just think it's, it is magical. It's magical you know, that you, to be like, I just remember that feeling of openness. I Mm. remember feeling like I am ready for whatever you will bring to me. I actually Mm. used to carry a lighter in my, in my, um, which apron. And I remember saying to somebody, Oh, it's just in case my dream guy rocks up. And they're like, Anna, your dream guy is not going to smoke. I'm like, I know. And I'll just have, you know, that Trav, I think was the first person that asked me for that lighter. Like he did smoke back in the day. I'm like, it was all those things. Like it was too uncanny. So yeah, pretty incredible. So I really think people need to be tuned into your heart and to what and be open enough to say yes I think is the real 
treasure of that being being aware enough and open enough to actually take advantage of the things that come to you because it can be super scary mm -hmm. and because I never like if I had thought ahead and thought in 16 years time I'll still be in Australia like I wouldn't have gone because I promised my mom I would never leave and I adore her to no end and still feel a little pang in my heart that I'm not there with her but I know she's so happy that it, with the life that we have and, and where we are. She knows I'm safe. She knows I'm loved. She knows, you know, and couldn't be happier really in the end. It's beautiful. And, you know, I think life's, life's going to throw challenge at us, whether it's someone who hurts us, is unfaithful, that we lose someone that goes too soon. And it's having the faith and trust that there are going to be more good people around us that will treat us with respect that will, you know, bring up, bring more of us out versus shut us down. And, and I think sometimes when we have been hurt in the past, it's easy to play it safe. It's Definitely. easy to play life safe and go, no, 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 I'm not going to, not going to bother. I'm just going to put my walls up and, you know, protect myself. But the fact that you just kind of were like, I'm going to use this as a reason to, you know, to step out of that comfort zone and just say yes. Um, you know, I think we can all do a little bit more of that in our life for sure. Yeah. I, yeah, I hope so. I hope <laughs> that for people watching for sure or listening. It's and so I know, obviously, you know, you've been here 16 years and you've got two beautiful girls and you became a teacher and really, really passionate about, you know, inspiring others as well. But that hasn't been the, the beginning and end of challenge for you. You've still had that through this, these 16 years. How have you allowed challenge since then to drive you instead of kind of paralyze you, which sometimes can be the thing that happens for a lot of people? Yeah, I well it definitely is a mindset so i mean and i guess three years ago was there's two and we were talking about this there's two defining things that i really think about the universe having my back but where tragedy really stro struck mm -hmm. and three years ago is the same you know i was in a place my youngest was eight months old my oldest was two years old i was in such a fog trav had, had a knee reco the two years before he'd had his jaw his jaw broken we had we were in this crazy i don't even know what it was but my i was not in a good place myself it, it was really bringing me down and i was about to go back to work and i was just feeling in my heart you know when you talk about those moments like again like life was too short. Like I was going back and I love teaching and I love what I was doing, but I was in this leadership role that was really a lot of pressure. And I, I was seeing that I wasn't maybe not going to be able to do it the way I wanted it to. And so I was just like, had this pain, didn't know what it was. And I came across um, tribal wellness in this really odd, like, you know, Facebook or whatever. And I was like, said to travel, this gives me the, I'm excited just by reading about these women and what's going on and their focus on health and empowering people. And I, I don't know, Trav, I need to look into this. And he's like, okay, like, you know, he is, he is my rock and he is my supporter. And he was like, yeah, I, okay. Like I get that. And so I sort of started on this journey and I felt excited because all of a sudden I had this hope that I could work on myself, my health, because it was bad. Like I was having horrible anxiety. I was just not myself anymore. And so I had this, again, this 
kind of bubble of hope, this light that was coming up. And like some could say like your gut, like it's telling you something and it almost was nervous, you know, like there's that point too, where I think people need to go like that nervous energy is not necessarily bad. It might be just pushing out of your comfort zone. Like mm -hmm. it's not what you're used to, but it isn't bad. And so I said to Trav, I am going to look into being a part of this incredible tribe of women and just seeing where it goes. And he was super supportive. And as I got into our business and our program and everything, I was like, this is what lights me up. This is, I want to help people's health. I want to help empower people to live the life they want because that's what I'm about. Mm -hmm. And there's, I could see, he, feel in my bones, like time's too short. There was a couple of friends that their parents had been, um, were retiring but when they're retiring they were getting sick and not being able to go and enjoy their lives and so I was like Trav I know this is crazy but I can't go back to work and he's like I don't you know okay and was sort of open to listening and I'm like it any ounce of reality would say this doesn't make sense but it just was like, I feel like our time is too short. I feel like we need to enjoy time now. We need to be with the girls. And I really needed time for myself. Like I needed to enjoy life for me because that's where I felt I lost it. I was drowning in all the responsibility of life. I felt like I couldn't even breathe. I was like, this could lighten it up. Although I love teaching and I love my job and the people I work with, this might actually give me breathing space to find me again. And so he was like, yeah. And I'm like, it's, you know, like I was making a really good wage and there, it doesn't make sense, Trav. And he's like, but we have learned to live with you on maternity leave. Like money doesn't define us, Anna. Our happiness is what defines us. And you, you know, you can create, he's beautiful because he believed I can create anything, you know, given time. And so I had to make a really hard call. I had to call one of my best friends who is the assistant principal at the school that um, I was working at. And I was like, listen, I, and it was not long before school got out for the year. I'm like, I can't come back next year. I just don't know what it is, but I need to work on what I'm working on. Like I need to work on my business and I just need to work on me. And I, it's not the right time for me to come back. And he was like, I don't get this and you're crazy and all this stuff. But he was fine and very respectful and knows me. So it was like, I've got your back and I, you know, I wish you every, every success. And I, and I had even said to him, I just know that we need to make the most of this time. And I'm not, if I go back to school. Can I ask you a question right there? Because I think sometimes, you know, you obviously you got a degree you were really great at what you did, but you reached a place as a, you know, as a mummer of two where it's like, okay, the path that I'm on is not fulfilling me like it did or like I hoped it would. Yeah. It takes a lot of courage to, you know, to make a different choice and to pivot. Beautiful that you had Trav's support. Like that's mm -hmm. so special that he, you know, really saw that for you. But how, what would you say to, to someone, a woman maybe in a similar situation where she's feeling frustration or agitation with the path that she's on to have enough courage to pivot? And maybe it's not quit everything that you're doing right now mm -hmm. and do something else. It could be something gradual over time, but mm -hmm. What's the mindset or what, what's maybe some advice that you have that could help someone in a similar situation? I just think that we need to know we're worth it. 
and that our happiness is worth it. To be honest, it was it, like, I know Trav's support was good, but I had to make the decision. But him saying that, and I know we all need money, like we need to have income and I am totally supportive of that and knowing of that. And grateful that Trav's profession, you know, allowed me to not go back to work. Like that was good. But I kept resonating with the, our happiness is worth more than money. And that sometimes like, you know, however much money we have in the world or accolades or success, however that is traditionally found is good. But if you're drowning, which is what I was, like if you can't feel yourself anymore, if you can't feel your heart tick and don't know where you're connected to, then what is the point? And I would just really encourage you to consider that and think about how you can make yourself light up again, you know, however big or small, because, you know, and what we do can be big or small. But for me, I needed to, you know, like I needed that separation to really work on it and find my path but i think that's it i think consider happiness and yes we all need to live and and make sure that you have the ability to do so but what can you do that will actually serve you long term and what can you do that is going to make you the happiest person because also as a mom i wasn't being my best mom because i wasn't happy my girl you know like i wasn't being my best me for them or for trav he noticed that um, so I think, you know, and then think about what steps can you actually take that are uncomfortable. This phone call that I made to my friend was so uncomfortable. I'm like, what are you doing, Anna? Every part of rationale is like, you went to school. I went to school for seven years, people, to be a teacher because I came to this country and had to finish my degree. I started again. I should be a lawyer for crying out loud. Like it took me a long time. And so I was like, can I walk away from that? And I feel like I, and again, I haven't told, I haven't walked away from it. I continue to be on leave because there's part of me that's connected to it, but I also know that I needed to do this. So if you can find a way to upskill yourself or find something that inspires you that you can listen to, or just give yourself something that starts to find that happiness again and connect you to, you know, maybe some bigger purpose because I wholeheartedly, I believe teaching was my purpose. Like I went into that profession and I've done a lot of, I'm very proud of all the things that I've done, but you know, like when you look in the mirror and can't really smile and be super excited to be getting out of bed to do what you're doing, I think we should all really pay attention to ourselves more and give ourselves the courage, you know, to find happiness again. I think we've been so money driven in this society for so long that happiness has taken the back step. And I truly believe it should take the front step. I love that. And I think, you know, having, um, losing Pam when you did probably made that even more, mm -hmm. um, clearer in your mind, you know, I, I've, I, I can relate where I, for many years I was doing things that I was good at, but mm. it stopped lighting me up. And I think anyone can do that for a period of time. And sometimes you have to, you just got to suck it up and push through. However, when that becomes the norm and you're just genuinely unfulfilled and you know, there's something else out there that's going to bring you happiness. Like you said, that flow on effect to your children, to your partner, to everyone around you, um, there's a cost to that. And sometimes because we see dollars in the bank, we go, oh no, I need to keep doing this. And we, we actually shut our mind off to possibility of what mm -hmm. else could be out there. So I love what you just shared then. That's amazing. 
And cause it is scary. I don't doubt, you know, like I totally, uh, I hear that for anybody thinking about things like I, I get it, but I think what's scarier is, and I guess that takes me to where we ended up uh, two weeks after that phone call, I was standing in a doctor's office and didn't even get a chance to sit down before somebody oh, comes so quick. Sorry. Before somebody, the doctor was telling me that Trav had cancer and it was like all those things like and i'm all big on manifesting so part of me is like and i hope you didn't manifest because <laughs> i could feel it you know but i he had had it and i think i knew innately that time was precious for us mm. you know and that was the hammer i'm like oh my god trav like we just said yes to building a life that allows us to have time to travel more and do things more and literally what I, my worst fear of in 20 years just came to our doorsteps today. And so it was that moment again, like I thought I was floored. I've been floored many times in my life. I've had a, many things that have happened that have caused great loss in my heart. But when Trav got sick, that was the hardest day of my life for so many reasons you know he is my soulmate and my best friend but he's like those girls father and the person that we all look up to you know like he is the fun he he is at dinner time running around scaring them so they scream and the thought of that world changing was too scary to imagine for sure um but you know so in that moment too it would have probably been easy for me to say oh my gosh i can't work on this business right now or oh my gosh i can't you know i can't i can't i can't and we could have you know gone again into a dark place but what again became really apparent to me was just what i've been thinking that this life is too short that we need to enjoy it today like buses could hit us or you know whatever like we have no control but what we have control of is the now and so what i loved was i was in a position that i could be at every single appointment that i could hold his hand when he was getting chemo that when we had to go to melbourne to have surgeries we could be there and when i needed to leave him in melbourne i could come home and be with the girls without distraction and you know in the meantime when i was not doing those things i had something really positive to focus on and i know you know some people during that time questioned me they're like how can you be positive how can you be spooking health how can you still be sharing things because they knew that we were really running a huge challenge but i was like how can i not you know how can i it to be able to share something positive to be able to have some light to be able to have a community around me that supported me and you know was happy even when things weren't good was probably the biggest gift out of it at all you know being around um and i have tremendous friends you know in this business and outside but i think i was so so grateful that we were in a place that we i could sh still be doing something that i was passionate about in a hospital bed mm -hmm. you know like i remember sitting waiting for him to come out of surgery and you know working on recipes or share you know helping somebody with their health and i was like i'm so grateful that i can because it's also a really good distraction for i don't want to wallow in this i'm not signing him out we're not losing him i will not lose him um so 
so yeah, it was just another step to get over. Um, and to, again, I think go into gratitude, always be so, so grateful. I'm so grateful for all that Trav is in my life. Um, you know, it's incredible the last 16 years, but I'm, I'm grateful that we've gone through that hardship now too, because, you know, we're stronger. We have so much more knowledge about what we want and how we want to show up in this world and him too so I think you know we we could have been angry we could have been spiteful we could have thought the worst we could have done all these things I could have given up on my dream to have my own business because it was hard but instead we leaned into it and um, have come out the side even better than before so Thank you for sharing that, honey. And I just want to honor your, um, your realness. I think um, watching your journey and you have, from the moment I met you, been just a ray of sunshine, like just full of beans. And I know you say you don't like nightlife, but when you do dance, you are like... I love a dance. There's no doubt. <laughs> but what I love is that, you know, there's a saying that says it's not what happens to us. It's the story that you give what happens to you that defines, you know, your future and, and just seeing the way that you have both moved through such challenge, but to actually allow that to define you in a positive way, to bring gratitude, to remind you about what matters. And I think, like you said earlier, um, you could have just been wallowing in everything. And of course, I'm sure you had emotions of feeling mm -hmm. anger and frustration and fear and all of those things. It's not to say you don't feel that. And totally okay to feel that. It is. But yeah. then where's your center of gravity? Mm -hmm. And it, 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 what I love about your journey is that you deliberately had your center of gravity in a place of that gratitude mm -hmm. and focusing on what you can do, what you can put time and effort into rather than being a victim and, and a victim to circumstance. And that's really powerful. And we can apply that in, you know, everyday life. Yeah, I think, and I, I hope that people do. I hope that people, you know, if you are in a hard place, like I, like I say, it's totally, I totally felt sadness and all those things and victim <laughs> I did the why me but it is you know how can you grow out of that and and what do you have to be grateful for you know to move forward to and I think the more we can as a, a world look at that and communities look at what how can we grow from this mm -hmm. um, the better it is going to be um, for that. everyone, which is, is, is there a, um, a quote or maybe a, a mantra or something that was a, a reminder or, you know, something that you revisited often to kind of help you move through those hard times? Do you have a favorite quote or someone that's kind of, yeah, well, what is it's Ralph, Ralph Waldo Emerson. I know that the only person you're destined to become is the person you decide to be. Mm. And I really believe that we have the ability to decide who we want to be and who we want to show up to regardless, you know, regardless of our circumstance, we have the ability to, we all have the ability to decide to grow and to change things. So uh, that's one, when I was teaching, I taught the kids and I think it's just really um, resonated throughout all that, I, you know. I've, I've done over the last few years for sure. I know before we started recording, we we're also talking about 
not making your challenges become your excuse, but mm. become your, your reason why too. Yeah. Um, and I know that's something that you're really passionate about and watching you coach and mentor so many women and helping them, you know, find themselves and find their story and see value, the value that they have to bring and, and empowering other women. It's been so amazing watching that unfold for you. So, you know, I guess just in, in um, wrapping up from, from this beautiful story, and I, I'm, there's so many lessons in this, is there something that you would love our listeners to kind of take away from today, maybe a step that they can take, um, you know, from listening to this to step one further, step forward into their level of next level of greatness? What is it that you'd love everyone to do? I honestly think we all just need to take a breath sometimes. Mm -hmm. Take a breath and tune in. Tune into your heart. Tune into your your intuition, to your gut, you know, whatever you want to call it, and actually feel and move towards that direction. You know, I think we we have we again, we all think there's a right way and a wrong way. And we think we should do this. And this is what society tells us, or, you know, however it looks, or I have to do this because these are my responsibilities. And sometimes it's the have to, have to, should, 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 should gets all bogged down and we get so bogged down. And if we just take a minute to take a real deep breath in and really feel it, like I always do in, even in this moment now, cause I feel, so, I feel grateful, um, you know, for you, Kate, and for anybody listening that, Hopefully this impacts you in some way, but just take that breath. Give yourself a minute to actually breathe again because so often we're not and just feel where it is you want to be and however big or small, honor that. Start honoring ourselves um, just in small moments even and see, I, I challenge you to see what magic could occur because I truly believe um, the universe does have our back. I believe, you know, if you're open to those signs and lean in and say yes magic can happen and i really hope to hear some of those stories when they start coming beautiful well i know for for people to want to connect with you and learn more they can go to anacameronbossy.com we're going to put the link into the show notes um, and also the link to your social media as well circling back to i guess trav's health journey as well i know you guys have been through a lot but you're renoing the house right now. We're all systems go at the moment. So, and he is a picture of health. So um, he's great. And we will be always proactive. I think, may I just say the other thing is be proactive in your health. Mm. Um, you know, honor yourself. If you think something's not right, please see somebody. If you want to change your health, see somebody because Trav was really brave. A lot of men would um, have seen signs. Um, he had bowel cancer. And so a little bit graphic. Um, there's, you know, blood in his stool at some point. And he, he remembers sitting on the couch, watching our girls playing and just thinking, I, he didn't think anything was really wrong, mm. but he did have the thought, they need me. I need to get this checked. I can't just sit idly by. And I think that's a really good reminder to everybody too, you know, like don't just sit on your hands and wait for life. You need to be, we need to be proactive too and take it. Uh, take charge of our health as well. Um, so yeah, we are happy and healthy and <laughs> renovating and putting up walls and uh, ready for our next adventure. Hopefully it will be traveling again soon. Incredible. Well, thank you so much again for your time, honey. I've learned so much about um, you and sharing your beautiful story and the highs and lows. And I know everyone else listening has as well. So thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, Kate. 
Wow, so much to take away from our amazing interview with Anna Cameron Bossy today. I can't wait to hear some of the aha moments that you had. And I just love the way that she shared her story and just the lessons that she was able to learn through really tough times. And I think we all are going to have those times in our life, whether we like it or not. It's not what happens to us, but it's the meaning we give it and we and how we show up on the other side and how we continue to live our best life. So if you want to learn more, head across to empoweredwomensproject.com and we would also love it we love reviews if you want to come over to itunes and give us a five-star rating and share a little bit of love we would absolutely appreciate it we're always on the lookout for empowered people showing others how to live their best life so if there's anyone on your mind that we should talk to and be able to share their story please connect as well until next time have an amazing day